Welcome to the Justin and Greg Podcast. It is Wednesday morning and we're fired up because we're heading to Vegas. And perhaps more importantly, we're getting out of this winter vortex hemoglobin. Like this is wild stuff. Apparently, what were they saying? Something like the entire month of February didn't see a high over minus nine degrees Celsius. And I had a good attitude until the last week in February where I decided, nah, I'm out. February. 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 So we're going to NASCAR, going to enjoy the warm Vegas hospitality. It's going to be a blast. Smell some fumes. It's going to be plus 18. I'm going to walk off that (sighs) flight tomorrow morning. In shorts. Your Daisy Dukes. I was at Winners last night and I saw some cut off jean shorts. I almost bought them for you. Why didn't you? Well, because I don't think we want to go to NASCAR and insult people by reinforcing a stereotype. You mean by dressing like everyone else? Well, you don't know that. It's I like think it's in. a stereotype. I don't think there are going to be many people in shorts at NASCAR. When you go to college, you it, buy the college sweatshirt so you fit it's in. It's like, I don't know, 60 degrees Fahrenheit or something? I don't care. It's warm. The sun's it's out. for us, sure. The guns are out. And my dukes there are coming no, out. No guns out or dukes. Did you watch the Oscars? No. Why not? What do you mean, why not? Yeah, I guess why not. You did, which is weird, but it was like a date thing with your wife, so I get it. Because sometimes I watch terrible TV with my wife, too. It's one of those things where- the guise of being together. You put something on, Mm -hmm. and then you just clean the house, right? Like, you put a sitcom on, like you've seen before, and you clean the house, and it's somewhat stimulating. It's not- When you listen to podcasts all the time, or audiobooks, it can become exhausting because you're constantly learning. Sure. So you want something light, you know, to think about. Yeah. And that's what what we did. What was the first- series you remember binge watching and just like crushing an entire season of something in a Saturday. I have no idea. I remember we we got like The Office season two or three on DVD. And I remember this was 12 years ago when we first got married. And I remember one Saturday from like the time we woke up till midnight at night, we just watched The Office over and over. And it was so good. It's so funny. And my wife and I, we don't have the same tastes when it comes to shows. She yeah. likes period pieces, 1800s drama, that sort of thing. <laughs> History major. Yeah. But I love The Office. I love awkward humor. So I have watched The Office uh, US edition a thousand times. And now she's into it. So last night she's watching The Office, just howling to herself, being like, I can't believe that I used to hate Michael Scott and think he was so cringy and awkward. And now he's endeared himself to her. She's got to get to know him a little bit more. And now she's on the inside. No, I remember now what we watched. Brittany and I both got very sick one week and we rented Did you randomly. pass the sickness from one of you to the other one? Nah, probably. Hmm. That's how it works when you're dating. Oh, dating. And oh. we watched Heroes. Oh, Remember that show, Heroes? Yeah. So we just were in Roger's video, mm-hmm. and we're like, hey, this looks cool. Let's wa- let's rent video. this. That's like Canadian blockbuster. Yeah, same thing. And it was awesome. The first season was amazing. Sure. And we thought, this is a this is awesome. And then the writer's strike happened. Ah, yes. Season two It ruined a lot of things. Yeah. And then it's, it's weird to me how that works, though. Like, when a writer's strike happens, do people lose their jobs? Well, the writers who are part of whatever the screenwriters get, or whatever, like the union, are off, and they can contract out independent writers who aren't a part of the guild or whatever it's called and so they come and they work but typically the best ones are all in the union yeah and i would be because you could tell when they you came could back tell across all tv like that's bad. why it didn't last for forever yeah it was awful it lasted i think three seasons barely before it was canceled and so i go how do we look what after these unions and these writers yeah but there were a lot of shows then that, yeah, kind of got ruined because the writer strike. But and now we're in, them recovered. Now we're in the golden age of TV, so who cares about the writer strike? Because Lost, in memory. Lost sucked, and now 
Lost sucked? Yes, everyone hits I didn't watch it. My wife watched all of it. And it sucked. I remember my older brother it. was complaining the, was the weird. whole time. Being <laughs> like, this is going to suck. This doesn't make any Sorry, sense. Sorry, your older brother was complaining? Yeah, he was telling people that this is a waste of your time. And sure enough, the final episode happened and all the lost... If I had a nickel for every time your brother complained about something. This is accurate, Especially though. people's other opinions. This like is you'll accurate. see him on the show. If he disagrees, he just wants everybody out. This is accurate. I don't think so. The finale happened, and anyone who committed seven, eight sure. seasons to Lost was losing their mind, being like, what just happened? There's so many loose ends that you didn't tie up. And I remember the writers came out and said, yeah, we were basically just writing storylines, and we had no intention of finishing them because we didn't know how. Wow. Yeah. So that sucks. Yeah, but it was good for seven or eight seasons. That's what everyone's feeling right now with Game of Thrones, going, no. oh dear, there's we'll a lot of things up. to wrap up here, sure. and if you don't, I'm mad. What if you hand it over to a six-year-old? Because I know how my six-year-old would end it. The dragons would just destroy everyone, well, that's and it'd be over. That's what I going to happen. I mean, I called a lot of that show, having read some of the books, and I'm right so more often than not. that's not calling the show. If you read the book of the story that happened and say, this is what's going to happen, it's not calling it. Let me be clear. I read three and a half of the books. Yeah. Maybe four? And like, then oh, called, Ned Stark died. Hey, guys, Ned Stark's going to die. Thank you for calling that. No, I called what happened after that because he hasn't written the other books. I'm like, here's what's going to happen. And I'm right. With what? With uh, the the small guy hooking up with <laughs> Daenerys, me on the same team. And okay. then they're going to come over to Westeros. Okay. The direwolf family is going to meet. And actually, I read a fan theory what about it. Direwolves. Anyway, the, dire, the Starks. Who cares? Who cares about Game of Thrones? It's overrated. Don't watch the show. Okay. Coming back to the Oscars, though. The Oscars was fine. There's there's moments every year where they're fun to fun to watch. Spike yeah. Lee winning a grant, what is it, an Oscar? There was this Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga moment that everyone was crying about. I haven't seen the movie A Star Is Born, I so I, I wasn't crying about. It. I was feeling for his girlfriend, who's apparently friends with Lady Gaga. Hold so on. what? Explain Bra- to me like the context here, because I don't understand what this is all about. So Bradley Cooper, yes, has a long term girlfriend, yes, but he did this movie with Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. and they were were intimate. Hold on. I don't know in what sense. No, no, it's just like in the movie because they have such a strong connection. They then go and perform at the Oscars and the way that they're looking at each other from the memes and different things I've seen, I'm just like, yo, there's some intense looks going on here and there is wild chemistry and they're actors. That would be tough. Lagaga's not though. I mean, she could be good at acting. She wore a steak costume. She's an an artist. Actually, she's one of those fascinating people that apparently just went and studied fame and then decided, figured out how to get famous and got famous. But she's also very talented. Yeah. What's interesting about this whole thing, though, is Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt used to be married to each other. Yes. And one of the things that she talked about, a big part of the reason for their split was she couldn't handle all the public rumors about Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence because they were in a movie together. And there was chemistry, and then everybody was talking about It'd be everywhere. Them. And now he is vehemently denied it the whole time. And Anna Ferris also. How do you pronounce that word? Vehemently. I wish we could take a poll on that. Why? How I'm, would you say? I'm it? not sure you're close. Mine's worse. Yeah. Mine's vehemently. <laughs> and I know I'm wrong, but I think we're both wrong. Why? Anyway, well, vehemently. You guys can, you guys can tell vehemently. us. No, vehemently. I don't denied. think that's I'm right. For sure, I'm right. But it's just interesting to see. The, I can't imagine being married to someone who pretends to fall in love with someone, but also when they talk about arranged marriages, they talk about how... Which we will on this podcast later on, just all so right. you know. Okay. Well, good precursor. There's somebody had a great walkthrough of, yeah, they're a stranger, but you learn to... You know, it's something with something like learning to respect them was early on what you did was you learn to respect them. And then from that, you grew into admiring them and you grew into all these stages until you fell in love with them. But can you imagine being working with a world-class 
actor or actress and not generating at least some feelings of admiration and respect and going, you are so good at what you do. And then in the same moments of being pretending to fall in love with them and spending moments and kissing and holding hands and, you know, like it would be tough yeah, not it, to develop feelings. It, it makes sense. Uh, you've all heard of the Beegis syndrome, best girl or best guy in sight syndrome, where a group of people are together. I've never heard of this syndrome. A group of people are together. You see it in, in college all the time. And this is your this is your unit. Oh, sure. So. And you, you fall in love with a, a boy or a girl. The best option that yeah, is available. because they're close to you. you. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you're the best. Then you leave somewhere else and you go, wait a minute, I was in some force field. But coming back to arranged marriages, someone pointed out to me that a lot of them work. Yeah, they because do. Because love is a choice. Absolutely. And you choose to love that person and find the gold in them and make the most of it versus this whole new modern version of love, which is feeling-based. And if you don't make me feel alive and intense and mm -hmm. loved, then you're out. And I think it's just more about the intentionality of it. If you approach anything with strong, like, and I'm not talking about intentions, but being intentional, where you go, hey, you're a stranger, I'm a stranger, but we've grown up in this culture of how to make this work, and we've been given some tools, and so we're going to approach this with the goal of figuring out how we're going to love and serve each other. We actually need more of that in our modern day marriages because you know being married. It's the worst at times. It's the worst at times because you go, man, this could be way easier if so-and-so or so-and-so or someone did this and just like served me. And it's just so sure. selfish. It's the same thing as having kids. Oh, kids yeah. you go, oh man, wo woe is me. I got these kids that are selfish and I have to serve these kids. And you got three of them, so it's mm -hmm. three times as bad for you. And then you just go like, what's what's wrong with me as a human? Like, Why does the world need to revolve around me and serve my needs? I just need to take myself back to like early McDonald's days. I loved working at McDonald's, serving customers, slinging burgers, dropping fries. I just need to treat my kids like customers. Mm. It was fun, but I had a good team, so I made it better. I think it's one of those things where you want reciprocation. Sure. And you want it all the time. Where you want it, I'm going to give into this relationship, which means you should give back to me, but that actually defeats the purpose of the relationship because yeah. then it's a business agreement. Love gives without the expectation of return. Yeah. And true, it's not easy. True love. So if you're listening to this and you're not in love yet, take your time. But it's also tough when you are giving love selflessly, but you never receive any in return. Mm. That's not a fair relationship and hopefully not one that you're in. Hopefully not one that you're in. So tying back to the Oscars, I was watching post-Oscars, the parties. There's a lot of different oh. Oscar parties you can go to. and on What these, would your party be like? Well, mine would be weird. Yours would have a big popcorn machine? Yes, it would have artisanal popcorn everywhere. <laughs> Basil oil and white cheddar. Uh, who would be the band playing? Uh, probably Queen. Queen? Yeah, oh, wait, they're not I, around anymore. No. Uh, Rami? Fun. fun. Ra you can have Rami come to your party? No. Why? Because his bow ties always crooked. <laughs> Did you see, you that? see that? That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> but watching these stars all gather together at these different parties, it sounds like Jay-Z and Beyonce had the best party. Whoa. Yeah. Who uh, knew? Yeah. Oh, shocker. It feels like high school to me. And I don't mean that in a totally. condescending way. I mean that in a real yeah, way. Just where you kind of like the clicky. A lot of yeah. really talented people or people that are good at music or, or in this case, acting. And they have different lives all together, but they come together for this award show. And they're like, hey, my name's Amy Adams. I love what you do, Tina Fey or I love what you do, Bradley mm -hmm. Cooper. And you don't actually know each other. You know of each other. And I feel like it made them seem human to me. I just wonder if they don't all get to the parties and all like take off their celebrity masks and go, oh, hey, what are you doing this weekend? 
yeah, I'm probably going to sit in sweats. And, you know, okay, so they're always putting it on. The big smiles and the outfits and that I imagine they're still showing off a little bit to everybody else. But I remember Jerry Seinfeld talking about how whenever he goes to a party, it's exhausting because everybody just expects him to be funny all the time. So people come up and they, they want to talk to him because they want him to be funny. Hey, Jerry, tell me a joke. Exactly. And all comedians do is they just look for other comedians and they gravitate towards each other because they can be normal around another comedian because they both know how it goes. That like That's a thing you put on. That's That has to be accurate. And I'm not going to call him a liar. But I think there's also people that are new to celebrity or don't oh, get yeah. it or just want to milk something and go, oh, who's the biggest star in the room? Gaga. Okay, I'm going to go to Gaga right now and see if she can give me some Celebrity chess. You know what I mean? Celebrity popularity chess. You know that's in there. And then you've got the real celebrities who are just chill and hanging out and having fun. And it feels like a normal group of people. I think that would, I would struggle if I was in that room and just felt like I belong there, not just go and try and talk to Ryan Reynolds all the time. Who else would you want to talk to more than Ryan Reynolds? I, that, that, I don't know the answer to that question. I just know that I would want to have a real conversation. And it'd be weird to be like, hey, Amy Poehler, what's up? And she'd be like, I don't know who you are. That's or fine. Well, you introduce yourself. Or, Hi, hey. Man. My name's Greg. I wear weird smiley shirts that I don't like when Justin touches the eyeballs on them that are over top of my chest. Or they'd be like, hey, cool, let's hang out. Right? Like, you just it's just yeah. so normal, and I don't think we give them enough credit for being normal sometimes. So. I think they can instantly tell whether people who are talking to them want something from them or if they're just normal and chill. Because you the, pick up what's those the vibes. giveaway? You just know. You can just tell the way that they're like engaging with you and talking with you. Yeah. Kind of how you talk to me. What? You always want something for, like, for me to clean the sink. Yeah, you do need to clean the sink. It's your sink. It's your responsibility. Well, it's my sink. That's why you need to clean it. I provided the sink and put the dishes in there. You need to clean it. You need to figure out where your provision comes from, bro. Why? Because I just want you to serve me by washing the dishes in the sink like and your mom washing does. my feet. Like your mom does. Clearly, she hasn't been or else there wouldn't be dishes in the sink. Right. So bro. call your mom. I'm not calling my mom. Why would I do that? Because she does your laundry too. I don't expect my mother to come over and clean my house and do my laundry. She does it because she loves me and she just hasn't come for a few weeks because I think she's fallen out of love with me. That sounds like a bigger issue. No. My brother and his wife are having another baby and so she's been over there a lot. Speaking of cleaning Congrats, things, bro. we need to clean up the news. Okay? So the news used to be this thing where people were trusted it and respected it. And now Yahoo's like you and I could be considered news. Well, I could be because my spelling and grammar is appropriate. You? Mm-hmm tough. I will tell you this. Nothing bugs me more than grammar Nazis on the internet because like, get a life. You know what I'm trying to say. Why do you... I'm not saying this to you. You should be, Even though though you are. (laughs) It's just like, why are you going out of your way to point out my grammar that I know is wrong, that I chose not to correct because I don't care. Did you choose not to correct it or did you miss it? Yeah, I said... It has an apostrophe. I said it has an apostrophe, but I didn't like like the way it looks, so I left it. But I don't care. And it's like these grammar Nazis are like, you know, listen to me. I I study Webster's Dictionary. Anyway... There are times where grammar is important. Absolutely. Where you talk about eating kids and children instead of like eating Usually not on Twitter, though. Yeah. And I think we, we all know what they meant. It's funny to laugh at it when it's wrong, but... But there's people out there that get an identity from it and go, listen, I Mm -hmm. know better than you because I know how to put a colon colon or a semicolon, and I don't really know those. It's like virage sale admins. I don't know if you have these in the States, Yes, 
but we have this thing called Virage Sale, and it's a virtual garage sale. And it's kind of like Craigslist online or Kijiji, or you sell things, but there's rules. There's so many rules about the order that it needs to go into and what you can say and can't say and how the pictures need to be. And there are these Virage Sale admins who get all of their identity from being horrible human beings by always trying to enforce all the rules where all I care about is just trying to sell my stuff. We all know rules, people, and it's the worst. Everyone relax. Everyone Yeah, I want relax. some rules for some things, but mostly not. I but here's the problem. Like when you go to complain about a business, you want a refund or something went wrong. Mm-hmm. How many times have they listed to you, sorry, that's the policy? Well, yeah. your policy's broken because I'm 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 pissed off and you're not fixing the problem which anyone with an ounce of common sense would fix. But you're hiding behind the policy? Well, that's the only way they know how to enforce it. And I think that there are businesses who actually make money off of enforcing rules. It's like insurance companies. God bless insurance I understand that every once in a while, there's somebody trying to commit insurance fraud. But instead, they go out and mass punish everyone because of the exception. And so they build rules around it. But my wife's going to take back, we bought these electric toothbrushes, Philips, Diamond Clean, Sonic. They're nice toothbrushes from Costco. And they've both broken. And not because we've dropped them or anything, just the pressure of like brushing our teeth has bent the rods and so they don't work properly. But I know she's going to go to Costco. They're going to look up her receipt. They're going to say, yeah, doesn't work. They're going to take it back in a plastic grocery bag and give her new toothbrushes. Yeah, it happened to me on the weekend with my Roomba. Costco is the best. Your Roomba. Yeah, it broke for the second time. Took it back. Gave me all my money Mm -hmm. back. Got a new one. Cool. Maybe your house is broken. Now I've got a lot of things to clean. Oh, because you're a messy individual. But here's what I want to get to about the news. You should clean the sink. So we've been talking about this news story for weeks, or this moose story Mm -hmm. for weeks, okay? Yesterday, we were at the radio station, and some of the people there that have to cover the news were saying, guys, this moose story has to go away. Yeah, we're so sick of the moose story. It's been going for a long time. It's been like, well, January 11th, it started. So February, oh, wow. And realistically, a the, long time. the mayor is coming on Thursday. She's coming yeah, tomorrow night. The mayor night. from Norway is coming here to Moose Jaw, flew thousands of miles to have a moose summit and talk moose truce. And she's here for about a week. So yep. she's, it's going to be going on for about two months, this story. And they're like, guys, stop it. And we don't control the news. We can't help it. We, I mean, we started something, but the news is saying, guys, stop it. And we're saying, if you want it to stop, stop covering it. Right. But we know how it works, that they sure. can't because this is international news to have a mayor of a Norwegian town come to Moose Jaw to talk about a moose truce. That's that's news story. That's news relevant. Sure. And they get frustrated by it where the replacement is, it's going to be, I was on Twitter today and their news section is all negative news. Of, Absolutely. This is what qualifies as news. Bad There's news, bad scandal, news, bad news. There's a scandal. Somebody died in a horrific way. You know, somebody's defrauded. Cryptocurrency is going bye-bye. It's the worst. Like it's just, it's just endless depressing things. I think what they're craving is more good news stories because everybody was not everybody, but a lot of people were having fun with it in the beginning. Yeah, and it, and it, it was, was fun. Funny. It's positive, and it's and like anything, you get bored of stuff. Sure, but here's my problem with the news because of how it's monetized now through clicks. People will cover things that aren't actually news, right? And one story that I found today has proved this beyond anything else. In Germany, there was a fat female rat that got stuck in a manhole cover. And so they sent nine people to come and rescue this female rat that was stuck in a manhole cover. Sorry, I'm just looking over at your screen. This is on Canada's national CTV news. Yes, and there's a, there's a video that covers it. And then there's an article that was published by Jer- Jeremiah Rodriguez 
who talked about how it's been seen over a million times on Facebook and reacted to 3,000 times on Facebook. Of rescuing a rat? Oh, man. Here's my thing. Like This is just a regular female rat that's stuck in a manhole cover. Unique, sure. It's a rat. We kill these things because they're vermin and rodents. And now it has been viewed one million times on YouTube, which is fine. People can watch that. But as the news, don't you have a responsibility to tell me that this is not actually worth talking about on the news? Don't they defraud themselves by covering this stuff? No, because what's happening is the public is deciding what's newsworthy. And there are a million people who've watched this video, and they are now driving the news and saying, this is newsworthy because we've watched this and people care about it. It's the same thing with if somebody signs a petition and gets a thousand signatures on a petition, Mm -hmm. it's news because the people are saying this is newsworthy. Whereas before, I think the news directed news, and now the news takes orders on the news from the general public. Which I think is a problem. And I understand that that things have shifted how we monetize it, whereas before we all subscribed to the newspaper, and we all had TV channels, Mm -hmm. and so it was funded that way. And now it's not. Now it's like, oh, you care about this, and you're going to click on this, which means I get ad revenue? Mm -hmm. Cool. I think they're doing us a disservice by covering this. I really, really do. Can you imagine what New Yorkers are thinking about this story right now? with how many rats they have to deal with on a daily basis. To watch nine, nine people. firefighters try and save this rat. Just step on it. Right. I know that's crass. It's a rat, you guys. Step on it and be done with it. Yeah, I mean, you probably just come give it a little injection of something. This hurts me. And this is why now I actually pay to subscribe to the Globe and Mail and the New York Times. Wow. And The Athletic. And The Athletic. Like, I pay for my news because I don't want to be exposed to this stuff because I don't care. Like, it's funny, yeah. But as CTV, to me, you betray the authority that you once had by mm. by making Jeremiah Rodriguez write this story. What about a moose truce? To me, that's a little bit different, though. It's fun, but it all it actually involves communities with politicians and governance. Okay, okay so it's it's a ridiculous story, yes, but there are actual people and places and things happening with it versus a rat, a random rat that was too fat that was stuck in a manhole cover. Yeah, and the thing I like about the moose story is the overarching theme, which if you're not from Canada or never been to small town Canada, you don't understand that these giant statues of things is is a tradition in so many small towns of having a massive bunnock, which is like, what, a horse ankle? A horse ankle bone, yeah. <laughs> we have massive that. Or, yeah, it's absurd, that, eh? Like massive paper clips and, and massive Ukrainian dancers and also a massive, what does Davidson have? It's like a teapot. I would love for Norway just to beat all of them. Oh, just start picking off all we the have Canadian the world's traditions. biggest bunnock, guys. People are like, what is that? We don't care. We just wanted the world's biggest. <laughs> they hire all the artists. Anyway, we've gone on record to say we are happy to help make the moose story go away with a small, small list of, not demands. No, nego- it's a negotiation nego- You know, like some concessions, okay? So Justin and Greg are made honorary dual citizens, Canadian and Norway, because the Norwegians are wonderful. And I want and access... they're creative and they're fun. Yeah, I want access to all their, their socialist good stuff. Well, and I think they're in the EU, so it'd be nice to yeah. have that, just in case things go sour here over there, that we could go over there. We want a doctorate from a Norwegian university, honorary doctorates for both Greg and I. The biggest university over there, too. Yeah, sure. I want the big one. It doesn't actually matter to me, okay. as long as it's official, doctor... And they have this uh, oil and gas reserve fund of a trillion dollars. We're just asking for 1%, and this will all go away. Is it $10 billion? Yeah. I mean, it's nothing. It's 1%. You know what? Heck, I'll go for a 0.01%. So $100 million. $100 bucks, 0.01%. It's nothing. That's not even Make a... Make it go away. 
I would take a point zero one percent. I would of the even interest. gladly declare, whether I believe it or not, that their moose is more beautiful and that we should not touch it nor try and steal its title because it is the grander moose. Yeah, if you're listening to this, I'm no not way. saying I believe that, and you but might I'm saying be. I I could I could believe that for a hundred million dollars an honorary doctorate and dual citizenship. I'm cheaper than you are. If they bring me over there to see that moose, I'll switch sides. Wow. Yeah, I will. It's gonna be it's gonna be a decent trip, but I'll switch sides. I'm so disappointed in you. Why? You got to stand up for yourself for something. No, no. And this is actually a great segue into my next you, thing. You, Greg Moore, are cheap harlot. Of why I think all sports fans believe in arranged marriages. What? Yes. So you grew up cheering for the Vancouver Canucks. No, right? well, I Toronto for a bit, then Calgary, then Vancouver. Okay, so in the sports world, you are a harlot. That you'll How just, dare you? You'll just whore yourself out to any team Whoa. because you want to cheer for them. No, I like I I was typically the kind of person who enjoyed certain players. Mm-hmm. And so I would follow players. And early on in Toronto, they had the Doug Gilmore, uh, Wendell Clark. They had some people that I liked. Actually, it's it's funny how things change. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs got beat in the playoffs by the Vancouver Canucks. And then actually hated the Canucks and wanted the New York Rangers to beat them in 94. And they did. And they did. But then afterwards, I was like, ah, I'm done with them. And there was this guy, Theo Fleury, and he played for the Calgary Flames. And so I liked Theo Fleury. And so I followed the Calgary Flames for a little while. And then my brother and his buddy were Canucks fans. And eventually, I just switched allegiances to follow them. Anyone who cheers for sports or knows people who cheer for sports, they throw it in your face. That you're a turncoat. Bandwagon jumper. Yeah, they say, hey, man or woman, how dare you switch allegiances to your team? What, like, where's your loyalty? Mm-hmm. And my loyalty is in having a good time and having fun. Or it's your loyalties to yourself, not to your team. It's, it's half oh, and half. Oh, oh. It's half and half. If my team's not providing me a good experience and they suck like a lot of Ottawa Senators fans are feeling right now, sure. you leave. And everyone goes, you're okay. Like, I can't believe you're doing that. What happened to, like, civic pride? You're from Ottawa. You got to cheer for your hometown team. Whatever happened to, to enjoying your life? So let's let's go to the Tinder world. If people are dating all the time now, people have tons of dates. They go on a date. They're in a relationship. And they go, hey, this is fun. But you know what? It's actually not working out. And they just change, they change dates. They've, they're allowed to do that. They haven't entered into a, to an agreement. They're not married. They're not anything. But for some reason, I can't treat my sports team the same way because I'm married to a sports team that my father or my mother convinced me to cheer for when I was four years old. I believe this. Do you want to give people a couple of years to date teams? But then they need to get married. No, they At don't. Some point they need no, to make you a don't need to, to get team. married. Why? Why? Why, why do you need to get married? Why did you get married? I got married because I love my wife. Sure. I'm, I'm, it's different than a sports team. Why? On a lot of different reasons. It's different than a sports team. You can How? you can put a couple of those things together. You don't need my help with that. I don't actually know what you're talking about. If you grow up and you're cheering for the Leafs because someone in your family is like, sure. hey, cheer for the Leafs. And you wake up and go, I don't actually want to cheer for the Leafs. I want to cheer for the Habs. That's okay. I will give you one change to go, hey, you grew up in your parents' religion. At some point, you need to make a decision for yourself what your own faith is. So you pick a team. But then if you're going to like, I'm Christian this week. I'm Buddhist this week. I'm going to practice Judaism. I'm going to get into the spaghetti, colander hat religion every other week. I'm just like, you're a flaky person. No. You're not. It's part of the journey. They're finding themselves. What? They're finding themselves. Okay, but at some point, you got to find yourself. You're saying never find yourself. At some point, you hope to find yourself, but it's not about that. It's about encouraging that person to say, listen, we want you to find out who you are. So if you want to go cheer for the Leafs and then the Canucks and then the Flames and then the Vegas Golden Knights, hey, you know what? Go do that. There's a term for people like you who just like getting around all the time with all sorts of other people, and it's not a good term. What is it? 
I can't say it because... It's amazing to me how we treat our sports teams in comparison to our relationships in life. Because I know a lot of people in relationships, married ones, that have been married 14 times, and that's okay because, hey, were you not happy in that relationship? Yeah, get out. Yeah, I don't agree with but that. But don't you dare leave your sports team. How dare you? I don't you agree they should have 14 marriages. I think they should make it work and make a commitment, and if they were actually committed to the relationship, then the relationship could work. But when there's people like you who are only half in on a team... Of course it doesn't work. I'm not half in. I'm all in. Okay, so you're fine to just switch to the Golden Knights. If they if they don't serve you well this year, you're fine to switch next year. I have no idea what the future holds, oh, but I am all oh, in with this team. You're all in today. Yeah. Might not be tomorrow. I could be dead tomorrow. <laughs> then you wouldn't be all in. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Okay, but you could be alive tomorrow and switch. I could be, If yeah. they're not serving your needs. If something happened and the you relationship broke so down. selfish, Greg. If the relationship broke down, I would move mm. on. And it might break down because you're not committed. Look at the Ottawa Senators. Are all the Ottawa Senators fans over there just supposed to keep cheering for the Ottawa Senators even though they've got a, an owner no, and I a team that doesn't matter? I no, what you're agree. telling me is, what you're telling me is, I need to commit to that garbage and stick there and just suffer in a relationship that is broken down. That's what you're saying. Nope. Work through it. You what just said I, that. No, what I'm saying is I don't believe in abusive relationships. If you're in an abusive relationship, you need to get out of that relationship. But that is different than you coming into a relationship saying, ah, I might, hey, I'm here today, hon, but tomorrow if something's better or you're not meeting all my needs, I'm out. That's different than someone abusing you, which is what the Ottawa ownership is doing to their fans. No, it's abuse. It's not. It is abuse. No, it's not. Look at the emotional roller coaster that they are putting them on and the way they are sticking knives into their fans, cranking on their hearts. It's subtle. And maybe you may not have the you know wherewithal to understand abusive relationships from afar. I see that. That is an abusive relationship. This might be the most millennial thing you said to be abused, emotionally abused by your sports team of which you can just turn off. You're not married to it. There's no covenant there. No, I think that there is. It's bizarre. You need to go have a shower. I need to go have a shower? Yeah. You're the one who's just cheating on every sports team no. ever. Listen, I love the Vegas Golden Knights, but again, if the relationship sours... Oh, yeah. If they're not living up to my standards, and if I'm not having a good time... Earlier you said it's about me, it's about me having a good time. Yeah. If I'm not having a good time for a bit, I'll just switch. I'll move on. And that doesn't mean I'm winning all the time, because I, you know this, I love to cheer for loser teams. Mm -hmm. I love to cheer for teams that aren't supposed to do well. But if the yeah, relationship... Like the New England Patriots. If the relationship sours... Oh, yeah, how'd that work out for you? They're doing great. Yeah, it did. What's your baseball they team? Were Boston old. Red Sox? Yeah. Didn't win a championship for 86 years. Oh my goodness. You weren't alive for those 86 years. Yeah, I was alive for at least 15 of them. Okay. 15, maybe 20. Talk to a real fan. But anyway, continue. Again, real fan because I'm not old? Yeah. That's not an argument. Well, now you're on the winning team. This, is why, I hate, team. this is why I hate sports fans. Why Wait a minute. You... Unless you're 100 years old, you're not a real sports fan. Excuse me? Who are you? No, what I want to know is why didn't you switch from the Boston Patriots now? Boston? No, New England Patriots. Why haven't you switched to a new team? Because you love cheering for losers, and they've just won and won and won and won. How are you getting any enjoyment out of that? It's a different kind of enjoyment. It's just not the same. Yeah, but you have an opportunity to switch. Same with Boston Red Sox. Why don't you switch to a new team so you can cheer for an underdog? Hold game? on. So now you're saying that I have to switch in order to be loyal to myself? No, I'm just trying to reason with your logic. I don't need logic. This is an emotional-based thing. Okay, but your emotions are all over the map. That's what love is, man! Okay. It's emotional! <laughs> Find logic in love. You are so irrational. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, speaking of non-real non things, there is a student group in Nashville that wants them to change their name because they don't like the fact that the Nashville Predators has a bad connotation to it. Predators. Like the movie Predator? Like the movie, right, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, it's a picture of a big cat, which I don't know if that's a... I mean, what what is the Nashville Predator? It's like a saber-toothed cat. Oh, yeah, sure. Saber-toothed tiger. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a cat. It's a predator. Like like a lion is a predator to a lamb mm-hmm. or a gazelle. When a tiger is a predator to the same animals. <laughs> or a shark is a predator to an sure. octopus or whatever it is. That's what they're called. Do they need to change that? Because I understand some of these sports teams changing their name. Okay, sure. so the Kansas City Chiefs, it's indigenous culture. You can change yeah, that. the Washington Redskins, it's time for a change. Yeah, they're not. And some of the teams like the Chiefs, I don't think are. Sure. And when we're talking about, you know, racism and other connotations like that, sure. Predator though, I think it's I think it's way too broad. Why Why don't you just get rid of any animal connotations too? Because animals apparently like, have. Feelings. I understand that there are predators out there who are people, but that's just a term that you've assigned to someone who's acting like a natural predator. Mm-hmm. It's a normal thing. I mean, not being a predator is a normal thing, but like that's a predator, and we're going to call you a predator because you're doing. Yeah, you're doing it, harm. It feels like this is the outrage culture. We're always looking. There are people who, you know, mm, get off on getting angry. You know, they get they get too into it and they get too much payoff on just getting outraged at something, which I understand because I actually watched an hour-long political piece on the scandal here that's happening in Canada. And by the end, I was so angry and it released so many chemicals in my body. I was like, this is insane because I, ne- I don't watch political news because right. it's just so emotional it's and irrational and broken. And I'm not placing my life to actually get involved in it. And I think the worst thing is just to get upset at something you're not going to get involved in. So I stay out of it. But it it fires something up inside of you. And so I think that there are people who get so much payoff from getting outraged at stuff like this and are just trying to find something to get upset at. I Yeah. And coming back to our fat rat example, the, those stories of the outrage culture, they want to change the name to Sabercats, the Nashville Sabercats. They, they get a voice now because the media says, sure. okay, cool. Like, this is polarizing. You're we'll offended. We saw six tweets about this. We get it. You're in the news now. And so we've never actually given more of a voice to ridiculous things like that, like the fat rat, than we have now, as opposed to what we used to do and say, like, you're crazy, man. I was thinking about this yesterday in the bathroom, which is a great place to think about that. We were out for supper and went went for, I was going pee and I was thinking about how what's tough is hindsight is 2020. And I think there's a lot of things we have now accepted in culture that we needed to accept a long time ago. For example? Okay. So things around even like gender roles and, and women in the workplace and you know who can vote and who can't vote. There's tons of things where for a long time, we held on to ideals that, that didn't make sense. The problem is... I think sometimes we accept some things that we don't need to accept, but how do you tell the difference in the moment? It's so tough. In the moment's tough, but you don't have to decide in the moment all the time. You have time to think about it. And a lot of the stuff happens in the news, and you'll hear people, especially when it's a political thing, and it's going against the side that it's going against, yep. we're going to wait to hear all the facts before we make a decision on this. But there's this immediacy in our culture that says, you need to decide now. It's happening now. I'm publishing now. And I heard a story about Queen when Freddie Mercury, when Freddie Mercury died, there was a, a news embargo where no one could talk about it in the news until it all happened at once worldwide. Oh. Everyone came out at once and they found out at the same time. And I thought that would never happen now because there's so much money, which runs the world to be lost in, in not being first. We talked about how it would be cool if a news outlet couldn't release a story for 24 hours, that there was kind of this universal agreement, but you basically went and registered. Hey, I've got a story on this, so I'm going to write this story. And so you would you would submit it to this global entity, and then you have 24 hours to get all of your facts right. Now, nobody else can release a story until they might come 20 minutes later and go, I've got this story on this. Well, you have to release it 
you'll be 20 minutes later than the other person, but it would actually give you a chance to do some fact-checking, some thinking, to, to work your way through it. But I think the biggest problem with society as a whole is we don't have empathy. And all we think about in these situations is how it affects me, and we don't take any time to actually want to understand the other person's point because all we care about is our own personal agendas. It comes back to a little bit of that selfishness to go, well, this offends me in this way. Okay, well, by you being offended by that, can you understand the other person's point? Right, like Eugene Melnick, owner of the Ottawa Senators, you should have some empathy toward him and how he's feeling sure. with a team that he if can't If he was afford. open to sitting down or wanted to share some of that, I, I would be open well, to hearing him out. He said a lot about it, man, in the news. He's in there all the time saying, guys, okay, just give me, point? give me some give me some more time. We're going to get through this. I'm going to spend the cap. We're going to get through this. You have no empathy for it. Well, because he's saying one thing and his actions are showing a completely different thing. You're selfish, man. No. You're selfish. Actions speak louder than words. Greg. I want to get to one more topic before we go. Jeepers. The Olympics. Okay. The Olympics. I love the Olympics. And a lot of people love, hate, whatever, because it's a kind of a boondoggle when it comes no, to it, spending. It, for two weeks, I wish I could just turn off all my life yeah. and just watch Olympics with I'm the same good way. snacks. Yep. I'm, I'm the same way. You, I'll watch the most bizarre sports yeah. in the world. Because there's good guys and bad guys. Canada, good. Typically in the Olympics, we want them to destroy the U.S. Yeah, because the U.S. always win. Yeah, exactly. We're underdogs, underdogs. in Canada. Anyway, the, no offense to our U.S. listeners. It's just co- like that's... We're really good in the Winter Olympics. The summer, yeah. we're really bad. Yeah, not, not... But I love the the camaraderie, the unity, mm-hmm. the, the nationalism that comes well, out. You have somebody to cheer for. That's why I can be watching cross-country skiing as long as there's Canadians in it. I go, I'm cheering for them. I have somebody to cheer for because there's always people on your team. And they do a pretty good job of telling you the stories of those people yes. too. To go, mm-hmm. oh, this is where they grew up. This is what they've been through. This is how much they sacrificed to be here. The thing that I don't like about the Olympics is how it's always changing the sports. What? There's more and more That's weird. The best part. There's more and more weird sports coming in. No. What I struggle with with the Olympics is how somebody can win 16 medals because they won the the 50 meter butterfly. Then they won the 50 meter backstroke. Backstroke, and then they won the 100 meter butterfly and the 100 meter backstroke, and then they won this and this. I'm like, you need one or two sports. Meanwhile, you have 20 people competing for one medal, and one guy can win 83 medals by himself in all these same but slightly different events. I I don't mind new sports coming in. Like they get rid of, I think baseball or softball because it wasn't competitive enough. Okay, okay, well, get rid sure. of it. Yeah, if if it's always the same two teams and it's not competitive. But if you're bringing in something like mixed curling, which is not actually a sport anywhere in the world, I was going to put men and women together to play because we need more. Events. Well, it's just a variation of the same thing. It's not a thing, though. It's why? not a competitive sport. So why bring in the Olympics and give away gold medals for it? Hey, man, you want a gold medal in mixed curling? You want to be on my team next year? Well, you can't. Sorry, you have Olympian curlers on both sides. Yes. The best curlers in the world. It's like, hey, let's mix it, ladies and men. Yes. And see what happens. It's not a real sport, though. How come? I don't know why. Are you sexist? No, I'm not at all. I'm just like, people have not set up a league. You don't have the briar of mixed curling. It's not a real not thing. Yet. Olympics is leading by example. No. I actually agree with you here. Because video games are coming in too, which... No. I agree. If if the rest of the world isn't regularly competing in it, I don't know that it should be in. Right. Whereas like, I love... Okay, golf's coming in. Cool. Bring golf in. Is golf coming in? I think so. Because vi- video it. games are coming in potentially but. in 2028. And I just mm. heard a report that potentially breakdancing is coming in 2024. Hello. That'd so, be awesome. So let me clarify this. You got served. Let me clarify this. I love break dancing i yeah. love dance movies like you got served i will cry mm-hmm. or like, all i like dance a couple movies, uh i'll just break down like, like it's so impressive the way bring they it dance. on 83 yeah i'll dance and i love it nah. it's amazing to me sure. but at what point 
do we draw the line between the Olympics and the Guinness Book of World Records? Like, how close are we to having the Coney Island hot dog eating contest in the Olympics? Because bleh, that could be fun. Why not? I thought the same guy wins all the time. It's not competitive. Joey Chestnut. It's competitive. I don't know. The thing that I struggle with are the judge sports because breakdancing would be a judge sport. Have to be. Like like figure and, skating, which we know is corrupt. It's like it's it's weird as opposed to other sports where like even golf is a new sport, love it or hate it, there's at least like a system for scoring that isn't judged. Like judge sports are weird. They're tough and they're brutal. But what is the line that you draw between what goes in the Olympics, which used to be this elite thing that was more dedicated to amateur sports, and now it's it's dancing? And video games. Well, dancing at least like is hard, and video games. Oh, it's impossible. Can be very, very hard. Also impossible. But the thing about video games, I remember we were talking with a friend, and they were competing at X Games, and alongside them, somebody else won a gold medal who was competing in video games. And I'm like, they're very good at what they do, but they said it's very different than when you're putting your body on on the line and flying 100 feet through the air, and if you screw up, you could break every bone in your body and die. Is different than playing video games with a controller where you don't have that same level of risk. You get the same medal. How annoying is that to go, hey, you danced on a unicycle for 30 seconds, right? And I went down a bobsleigh with four other men packing my bobsleigh (laughs) at 100 miles per hour, and we get the same accolades? Hey, Jamaica, I got a bobsled team. I think that the Olympics have jumped the shark. That's what I'm saying. I'm okay. And I want to encourage them to, to evolve. At this point, when they evolve, I feel like they're actually diminishing what they once represented. I wonder if I'm a curmudgeon to think that the ath- athletics at the Olympics are about feats of strength and athletic ability, as opposed to video games, very high skill. Absolutely. I'm not debating the skill on that. It's amazing. But it's not necessarily an athletic competition. It doesn't need to be in the Olympics. Olympics doesn't represent sure. competition as a whole. It was about amateur sports. And now it's this thing about making money. Mm-hmm. And spending a lot of money. <sighs> help. Send help. Okay. I will, Craig. You need a lot of it. Hey, you want to go to Vegas? Yeah, let's go to Vegas. See you next week. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs>